Well, that's coming. Um, sending out an email this week just about what we've got coming up this week, uh, a week of seeking God together. Um, let me just say, I sent that out Friday, so if you don't get to your emails late on Friday or Saturday, you might not have seen it yet. But if you have checked your inbox since then, you haven't seen it, maybe check your junk, or if you don't get emails at all from us, um, see the info desk after church and let them know there so that we can get you sorted out with that. But I just wanted to get into the hands of everyone what we're doing this week and what we're uh, achieving and chasing this week together. I just need probably a little bit pulled off that now. And um, so this week we're, we're spending a week together of chasing God and chasing heaven for heaven's rewards for us, not just now in our lives, but next year in, in seeking God together to have the best 2017 that we can have and to have the fullness of what he's got for us next year. And so we're going to be doing three things in the midst of that. We're going to be spending time praying, we're going to be looking at our giving, and we're going to be spending some time fasting as well. And and so just to touch base again with the scripture that I shared last week, just pulling a couple of parts from it, um, finding the root there. In Matthew 6, when Jesus up the Sermon on the Mount, he talks to them and just pulling a couple of verses. You know when you give to the needy, um, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And so we know that when we're giving, when we're living a generous life, there is a reward from our Father in heaven towards us. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We know there is a reward coming from heaven when we speak to Him, and Him alone, not just for the people around us Jesus talks about, not just to show off that, hey, look how good I can pray. Look, I know some Greek words, and I can quote some scripture, so I must be really holy. And woo. Um, But when we actually talk to the Father... He sees, and there's a reward from heaven coming. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, or shower and look happy, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but it's only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So we know there is heaven's reward coming to us when we pray, when we give, when we fast. Now, with that, we know about know about prayer. So this week, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be praying at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. each day and 5 a.m. on Wednesday as well. So if you start work early and you're one of those tradies and you go, man, 7 a.m., you're starting too late for me and 7 p.m. I'm already in bed. That's okay. I'm going to get up early one day this week as well on Wednesday and, and um, be down here and, and, and pray with you, which is going to be really neat because I'll get the opportunity to pray at five with some people, then go pick a couple of young guys up and come back and and pray. We've been having, I think this Wednesday we had 13 young people in a prayer meeting here and I'm just excited that our young people are getting out to pray again. And I, I know uh, uh, Robert and um, others, oh, there we go, <laughs> there we go. Greg have been faithful in praying and, and Mike's come and join along that on a Tuesday and a, a Thursday. And so we're just going to have prayer through the house this week. And um, so Michael's going to lead some worship at some of them and uh, that's going to be really cool. We might not have spoken about that yet, but we'll, we'll talk about that after church. And um, Wednesday night, we'll, we'll give a special time of worship together. The worship team will be here, so we'll have a real special time of just praising together um, as we seek God as well. And then we'll release the worship team to get focused on Christmas, which is like nine or ten weeks away. Ah! <laughs> 
Um, during that time as well, I'm going to ask that we spend one of the days in there actually focused on praying about our giving, praying about our finance. We, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this morning that fasting is actually connected to the release of God's blessing and finance as well. But one of the things that we want to do is actually spend some time praying about giving. And so I'm going to ask you to pray for two things in there and consider two things. One is giving a one-off special gift in the next month. Um, I, I believe in this. This is something that as a family and as a, I've done for many, many years, actually, I think all, all the years since I've uh, moved out of home, I've, I've done this and, and committed something each year specially. And this is sowing into what God's got for next year. But also what I'm going to ask you to do, and then for next week and in future weeks, um, have available is just ask you to um, put down what you believe your commitment will be in 2017. Understand circumstances might change. That, that, that's okay. But what this does is, one, this helps keep us accountable to our giving and helps us keep accountable to what God's doing in our lives. But also what it does is it helps us budget as well and um, helps me know what we can actually do and where we can go as a church and what we can be involved in. And, I, and I'm grateful for the generosity of this place. Um, and, and that just we just want to do amazing things in the kingdom, but we need to have an idea of that. So that's just the practical outworking of that as well. And then also this week, I'm going to ask that at some point and in some way over this week, that you participate with me in fasting. And so I sent out in the email that we're going to be, have a period of fasting from lunchtime today to lunchtime next Sunday, and we'll have a barbecue together next Sunday so that we can, for those that have gone a whole week without eating, um, you can join together in eating, and I encourage you a little bit next Sunday. It's not good to actually feast out after fasting. I've tried to do that before and made myself sick. Um, that's not a good idea. So I just, a um, bit of the practicalities on that before I talk about some things. A um, couple of types of fast. Total fast, no liquid, no food. Jesus did this for 40 days. Let me say this, I do not want you to do this this week. Okay? We're not doing a total fast. This is not happening um, unless the Spirit of God directly says to do this in your life and you've got that affirmed from others as well. I do not recommend this at all. As, as much as our bodies can go without food, we need water. So um, we'll be talking about something, doing something more like a partial fast which it looks like this, clear liquids, or some people as well look at it as fasting during daylight hours. A um, couple of the things with that is, let me encourage you, maybe you've never fasted before. Let me encourage you, don't aim for seven days. Okay? Um, don't, don't do that. Give it a go for a day, or give it a go for a meal. Make a commitment that you know that before God, you can actually give a go to and keep. Um, Fasting is difficult in the natural. It's hard. You get hungry. I get hungry when I haven't eaten for like two hours. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's there. Young guys know this. I, I've, my boys seem to be like that already. Josiah, all the time, as soon as he finished the school, can I have more food? I'm like, I saw what was in your lunchbox. You ate more than I did today. Jeremiah, every second word that comes out of his, his mouth, can I have some food? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Those of children probably under, understand this. There's something that's going on. Something with children, though, um, just looking and, and talking with Ken, um, some of the research says because children are still developing, it's probably not good for children to undergo a fast. Um, I know I did in my late teenage years, and so that's something I'll let you guys decide with your kids, but maybe actually with the children, and, and something I plan to do with my family this week, is um, forgo some technology with the kids and spend some time in, in, in the Word and prayer as a family um, where they might normally be watching Peppa Pig 
in, in, instead of that or, or something like that. Um, but so anyway, a partial fast, a day, maybe if you're a bit more used to it, maybe go try three days. Um, there's something significant in the word for three days. Seven days comes up a lot in the word as well and why we're giving it for seven days. But I'll, I'll let you decide where to fill in on, in on that as well. The important things with that, obviously, are it, we're not just going without food. It's what we do instead. And so make a plan of what you're going to fill that time with. And let me encourage you, fill it with word and prayer. And uh, one of the really good things to do in this is remember who Jesus is and remember how Jesus does things. So maybe reading the Gospel of John, the book of Acts during that time, just to remember and build your spirit up with what God's doing. Isaiah is a good place to be during these things as as well. Um, Water is your friend. During fasting, water is your friend. Lots of water, lots and lots of water. It can help you feel a bit full. Sure, you might need to go to the toilet a bit more. You probably will if you're going without food um, to start with as your body detoxes as well. Maybe if you're a big caffeine addict as well, you might get some headaches. If you eat a lot of sugar like I do, you'll probably get a bit irritable. I apologize for people I'm going to be around in the next few days. Um, I, I might not be the, the kindest person at first. I'm going to try to be as I believe in God to fill my spirit. But um, when we drop caffeine and sugar, we know that, well, I guess they're really drugs, aren't they? Like, they, they sort of, <laughs> let's be honest in that. Another one you, you might want to consider if you're like, you know what, food, I just really need, I, I'm working, I, I use my body, I, I, I'm a laborer, I, I really need my strength. Daniel fasted like this. He, he gave everything else up but fruit and veg. And um, so let me encourage you on that. Or maybe you want to try a partial fast for part of it and then some of the Daniel fast for the rest of the week or or, or something like that. But Daniel saw amazing results in in hearing God and positioning himself to hear God as he undertook that fast. The other thing is, is um, what we don't want to do when we're feeling hungry is fill our bellies with TV. In actual fact, we, we want to probably set ourselves aside away from technology more than we normally will. If you're a part of my generation, especially who the iPhone is an extension of your body um, or my laptop, just it, I feel naked if I don't have a device I'm connected with, even when I'm preaching. It, it just, it, um, so it's important to step away from technology. Or maybe that's your fast this week, is actually giving up technology for a day or a couple of days or, or, or something in that. But what, one of the really important things this week as we fast is, what are we believing God for? What are we believing God for? And having a purpose and having faith. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. And just as I do, I just want to read a passage in Isaiah that just speaks God's heart. Because we can fast, and God's promise is heaven's reward is coming. But we also know it's, it's possible to fast without actually hearing heaven. It's possible to fast without actually positioning yourself in God. It's not guaranteeing just going without food. Uh, we actually need to position ourselves how God wants us to be. And in Isaiah here, we see that they're sort of having a bit of a whinge, as a lot of people do. Um, Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it, God? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not even noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high or in heaven. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and laying in sackcloth and ashes? 
Is this what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loosen the chains of injustice, untie the cords of yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will, be, will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. You know, we're going to be praying um, as a staff this week as well about what, what gift we give as a church. I mentioned before that I, I talk a bit about India. Um, one of the significant things, I think, is that we're doing a night just after we fast to actually raise money to give to widows in India uh, to see them. What, what's the gift this year, Wendy, that we're believing for? Yep. Okay, three pots and a warm shawl. And so that, that keeps them warm in winter, obviously, because they've got a, a significant chance of getting cold and, and dying pretty much from that. And three pots for storage and... Oh, wow. Oh, cool. To eat. So they get to eat. So they get food as we give it. So let me encourage you this morning, make sure you see Wendy and buy your ticket for the Indian night. Um, you get that one done. I was talking to Wendy before church this morning, and I was just... Absolutely blown away. Pompey's been saying that as we've been generous as a church, and now we've been doing this, must be eight years or something like that now, um, sending money over each year for widows, putting roofs on and saris and chickens and water wheels and, and all different types of things over the years. What's happened as a result of that now? Nothing has been said to the leadership in the church. Nothing has been said to the people about, hey, this is what you need to do. But all of a sudden... Their leadership over there and the people and the men in the, in the community have gone, hang on, if some people in Australia that we've never met love our widows and are going to provide for them, maybe we need to. And so there's been a shifting in their spirits and a shifting in their hearts to line up with the word of God by your faithfulness and your generosity. And so if that's going to happen, let's keep doing it. And let's do it over more if this is going to shift hearts and shift an entire culture that is so counterculture to what is ingrained and established in India. Caste system is, is core value there. This is going against who they are. Let, let's gather together. So we're going to be in Tuesday week. We're going to be outside having a feast, having special. We're talking about special bread. That sounded more like to me like they were making pizza and throwing it up in the air and cooking it over things. I'm like, I love pizza. That's great. Don't think about food. You're fasting this week. Um, but that's just a great time to come together for that. So, so let me encourage you. This is something as a church just to come together. This is a women's night, but they open it up to the rest of us. And uh, so let's just gather together for that. And I'd love to see 150 or so people there just, just really joining together and, and uh, being a blessing. And that gives us a chance just to really be a massive blessing in that country. Um, I was talking about fasting. That's what I was talking about. You know, I um, shared last Sunday night uh, with people. I remember one of the first fasts that I ever did was on a youth camp. Actually, the first youth camp that I was part of at this church. 
and uh, we were camping down Christmas Creek. I don't know, were you there, Josh, down at Christmas Creek camp? No, your, your parents were there as camp parents on that one. And um, so I'm there and on a youth camp, so I'm just believing God to touch the lives of the, of the young people on camp and really want to set myself apart to see what God does. I was 17 at the time. And um, I just moved out of home a few months earlier. It must have just been after Easter, I think. Anyway, so I'm down, the, down there praying, and, and every, every mealtime I decided it wouldn't be good to be up in the hall. So I had this creek running through the back, so I'd spend time down in the creek praying and, and believing. And, and I found out that God does give rewards when you fast during this time. Because one of the times I, during the mealtimes I'm down there praying, all of a sudden I, I, I see this blur come from the meal hall. And there's these four young girls that came running out of the meal hall. And they came running towards cabins. And one of them was my cabin. What are the girls doing near my... So I slowly just walk up behind them. and What are you ladies doing? And they'll jump out of their skins. And um, Mandy McManus gets quite furious at me at the time. What are you doing? How dare you be fasting on camp? They were trying to um, put stuff through our beds and, and... prank us a little bit and take our clothes out. And, and so they got a bit, God rewards, I got my bedding saved that day because I was fasting and I, I saved the bedding of a lot of other blokes on that camp and uh, really think. But uh, more significant things than just catching a few pranksters happened then. As I, I was down, I'd, I'd moved out of home when I was 17 and during my late teenage years, as often happens, you sort of push away from your parents a bit and maybe feel a little bit um, smothered by them and a bit closed in by them. And so I'd had that when I left home and um, wanted to sort of, I just want to get out on my own. And I'd spoken to mum a few times in the, in the previous months, but, but not a huge amount. And um, just as I was down praying, I remember one time I was down in that creek praying during the, uh, during the mealtime there. And all of a sudden my heart, God just poured a love for my mum on my heart has poured out his presence on me and shown me how much she loved me and shown me how much he wanted me to love her and and the connection and and the hope that builds in that in our lives when we're connected in a family. And God God moved me to his place. And so Mother's Day was coming up and so I made a plan and and got mum this, um, some jewelry for for Mother's Day and and really had this great time of, of being connected in my family and this time of intimacy, which wouldn't have happened unless I'd position myself in, in, in fasting there. And um, years later, and I may have shared a story, there was one day I was praying and um, God spoke to me. It's like, when you got hit, and for those that don't know, when I was 14, I got knocked by a car. And uh, when you got hit by that car, um, God told me that that was meant to kill you. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad it didn't. And he said, well, it didn't because you actually, you honor your mum. I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Oh, well, do you drink? Do you smoke? No. Do you drink Coke? No. None of those things because mum always said, don't drink, don't smoke, don't drink Coke. Like, yeah, that's true. Okay. That's why I don't do that. And um, all those things are pretty gross anyway. Um, but <laughs> Sorry if you like them. And after that, I called mum up and go, hey, I was just praying and, and I felt God say this to me. And she started crying. I'm like, what are you, what's going on, mum? I was just in a prayer meeting this morning. God said the same thing to me right at that time. And I, I believe that time of fasting there impacted that as well and that connection that we, that we still have today. And so there is power in fasting. And so I just want to talk about a couple of things this morning 
in regards to fasting and what we're believing for this week. Um, we're going to be, I really guess we're going to be doing something that, that I call an Ezra fast this week. So if you look in the book of Ezra, what's happened is Israel's been in captivity with Babylon for 70 years. And then all of a, all of a sudden, this guy called Zerubbabel raises up. And um, I, I just need to actually say something pretty exciting. Um, few of you guys know, but, but just so a few don't yet, um, we're 15 weeks pregnant at the moment. And so 16, okay, so we're expecting um, number four, which is exciting. And um, I, I say that because I'm just sort of thinking, I'm like, there, there's a name to name a child, isn't it? Zerubbabel. And, uh, <laughs> no? You're not kidding? Okay. It's not Zerubbabel. You didn't get a, you didn't get a, anyway, so Zerubbabel raises up and, and he takes a, a group back to Israel with the blessing of um, Dar- Darius, um, or Cyrus. At that point. And um, anyway, goes back and rebuilds Jerusalem over a period of 20 years. This is the point where people come in and they're trying to fight them. So they're building, holding a sword in one hand and, and pl- doing mortar and bricks with the other. And um, so that people can't, and each family's got their own section of the wall to build. And so this all happens over 20 years and Jerusalem gets built up. 60 years go past, Ezra raises up and he gets a passion for Jerusalem. And so he goes back and, and he gets the blessing at that time um, from, from Artaxerxes, which is one of the best names in the Bible. No, okay. Um, so he gets the blessing of Artaxerxes to go back and build the wall. And then on that journey, um, that's where we get to in, in Ezra 8.21. There by the Ahav Canal... I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God and ask him for safe journey for us and our children with all of our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we're told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against those who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this and he answered our prayer. You know, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a fast where God answers our prayer. And so I just want to draw a couple of things from this. You notice here, Ezra was the leader. Ezra was the leader of this company that was going back. And we know it was a fairly large company. They had men, women, children um, going back at this time. Ezra was the leader. Now, he had responsibility. He could have just gone and prayed and fasted on his own. But he didn't. He said, let us fast. Because all people needed protection. All the people were on the journey. All the people were in it together. You know, as a church, I could just say, okay, I'm going to go and pray and seek God and, and appeal before him and um, just seek what what's God's got next for us and for me. And But you know what? We're a family. We're all in this together. And so there is something significant when we actually pray and petition and fast together. And um, we, we see there in Ezra, when they did this together, God answered them. And so that's what I'm believing for, as we join together and, and have hope and faith together in this, we're going to see God's answers come through. Because, hey, you're the best person to pray for you, as we spoke about last week. You're the best person to pray for you. You know your needs. And God's looking for your heart and looking for your heart to be connected with his and looking for your voice to lift your needs to his. He wants to hear from you. 
you're in the best position to actually talk to him. No one else, some people might get a prophetic word for you and get part of the the revelation about what's going on. But you have the full understanding of what the needs are. You have the full place in there. So we're going to be doing this together. All participate. And here's a few of the things that we see from there that actually happen as a result of this. One of the things they did, they prayed for protection. Why did they need protection? Well, you understand that when they were coming from Artaxerxes, God was favorable towards them and he gave them lots of money. They had 22 tons of silver, 3.4 tons of gold, 3.4 tons of silver items and 8 kilograms of gold bowls. They were loaded, literally loaded. They did not have armored trucks running through the desert. Now, if you're carrying that much stuff through the desert and through other countries, I can guarantee something's going to happen. Someone's going to see you and they're going to make an assumption and say, my army's better than what you've got right now. And they're going to roll down the hills with their tanks and and, um, just shoot their IEDs and just, just push the button and drop a nuke on you so they can get all that gold and silver at that time. And so that's what Ezra was praying for. He was well aware that if they just walked from Babylon to Jerusalem, someone was going to steal all the stuff that was intended for God. You know what? As a church, we know this year uh, the enemy's stolen from us. We've had people that, that... we had like 12 people through surgery. We had a whole bunch of people. I've personally had break-ins in the house and engines blow up. And we've had the enemy steal from us this year as a church. We need God's protection. Fasting brings the protection of God. We know that they got there safely with all this money. And so we're going to be praying and believing for protection. One of the other things, what did they need protection for? The finance that they had that they were carrying. They're carrying a lot of finance. When we fast, we believe God's hand in our finances. Maybe you've got a need at the moment in the finances in your life. Maybe you've got something where you just need God's favor to come out. Maybe that you need a job. Maybe that there's someone in your family or your world that needs a job and and needs to be delivered um, in the area of finance and, and provision. God wants to do that. And that's one of the things that we're going to be believing for. We're praying for what our giving's going to be next year. We know that God blesses a generous heart. But also what we need to be doing is believing for God's favor in our lives as a church, but also individually. This might be your fast this week. It's for, the fi- for your finances and in your finances life. Notice there when Ezra said, we're going to fast for protection for us, but also protection for our children. It wasn't just the adults involved in this. The children were involved as well. I don't know if they went without food. We know medically it's important for for children to eat and, and for their development. So I definitely don't encourage long fasts for children. Like I said, maybe a meal, but um, definitely technology uh, with them. But they were fasting for the next generation. They were fasting for the uh, provision for the next generation. What we can say this is, this might be actually we're fasting for the salvation of our families. I've heard many testimonies of people who have been fasting, believing for the souls of loved ones. You've got um, someone that just, they did their first 21-day fast and they were believing, they believed God would tell them that they were fasting for their sick father who was not yet a believer. And they had a promise that dad, from God that dad would one day, he wouldn't leave this earth without knowing God. And nearly three months after the fast, the dad passed away. But three days before that, 
He gave his life to the Lord. And so this person also fasted for their uh, 22-year-old daughter who'd walked away from the Lord and um, believed in that. And as they began the year with a fast again, that the daughter is the focus. During the fast, at the end of the fast, they, um, they heard from God a couple of months later, hey, mum, hey, mum, um, pray for me. I'm going to be at church this Sunday. And they felt the Spirit of God speak to them. Both those souls were as a result of that fast that they did. Maybe there's loved ones in your life that just need to know Jesus. And that maybe that's, well, that's one of the things we're going to be praying for this week is actually souls. Samuel called her a fast um, for the entire nation of Israel to be redeemed under the presence of God. So we're going to be fasting for salvation and protection in our children. One of the other things we're going to be fasting for is direction. Ezra was seeking the hand of God in direction for his life. Elijah, after he defeated the prophets Baal and, and um, got chased by Jezebel because he wanted to kill him, had a big sook and went to the mountain and fasted for 40 days because he didn't know what to do. He said, I am done. My life is over. I am empty. I don't want to do anything else. God said, hey, go to a mountain. Here's some food. It's going to sustain you for 40 days. Go fast for 40 days. So he went and he fasted for 40 days. He was in a cave, lightning and wind and, and fire came down. The voice of God wasn't there. Still small voice that spoke to him. And it gave him the next season of his life, the best season of his life, the greatest thing he could do, actually impart to the next generation. Go find someone that you can impart to. Go find Elisha. He's someone you need to nurture and raise up in the things of God. Maybe you, you just feel like, I feel like my ministry is over. I feel like I've gotten to the point. Or it's, maybe even it feels like it hasn't begun yet. That's okay. Jesus fasted at the beginning of his ministry. So I don't know where you are in your life and the things and the purposes of God. Maybe you're feeling like the purposes of God have ended. Maybe you're feeling like they haven't started. That's something to believe for this week is what is the next stage for me, God, because he will release you. Maybe you've been believing. We've been talking about spiritual parenting and passing on to a generation for a while now. I can guarantee you I'm not going to stop that. I'm going to keep talking. I was talking to someone this week. We had a great time at the bonfire on Friday night. We had about 30 blokes there just gathered around a fire and Pastor Ross from the Vine came and shared with us and we had a good feed um, which set us up for a good fast this week and uh, just had a, a brilliant, brilliant time there. But I was talking to one of the guys, he's like, as I came here, I, I, we dropped uh, my friend's daughter off at youth and then came here and I just wanted to walk in and hang out with the young people. I'm like, well, why don't you? If that's what's inside you to do that, go do that and be connected and impart something to a generation. Oh, I don't feel like they're the next generation. I feel like I'm the same as them. I'm like, yeah, you are a bit childish, but uh, so am I. And that's just the call of God in you. And so we're going to be believing for direction in our lives. One of the other things that happened in Elijah's life when he was fasting, he broke off negative words. He broke off depression at that time. Elijah was depressed. The fast broke depression on his life. That's really this one. We're going to be believing for healing this week. Lining up with God's priorities is one thing, but we're believing for healing. We we were um, fasting a couple of months back under how the disciples fasted this type of demon does not come out other than by prayer and fasting. 
this type doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. What's the fast that God calls for? A fast that releases the yoke, releases bonds, sets free the oppressed. You know, as we fast this week, we're believing for physical healing on people's lives. We're believing for more than that. It sets free the oppressed. Maybe there's been a storm in your mind. Maybe there's been a storm in your spirit, an unease in your spirit. Maybe there's been something that's going on that's just holding you down. It's like that cloud that just keeps you down. We're believing this week that as we set ourselves to God, that he's going to break that supernaturally. We're going to believe for addictions broken. Maybe there's stuff going on in your life that you've held secret. Maybe it's been to the computer screen, to porn. Maybe it's been to alcohol. Maybe it's been to some type of drug. That you just, it feels like it's got a hold of you and it's got on. We've got, I've got some people in my life that I'm believing for broken addictions this week to be set free and delivered from in that. But we know that God's desire is to break the yoke, to overcome addictions and to actually bring freedom in our lives through fasting. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, unite the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free? and to break every yoke. So we're going to spend five days praying this week, and we're going to pray for five different areas um, as well. So each day what we're going to do is I'm going to send out a message, an SMS in the morning with just a couple of dot prayer points. Um, if you come in and pray with us, and I encourage you to come in and join us in prayer at least one time this week, we're going to have a list of some things in there to pray for specifically for a church and over the lives of this church and maybe some people in our community as well. And um, just have a focus each day specifically as we just pursue God and seek God together uh, this week. But you know, as we, as we come to a fast and as we come to a time of setting ourselves aside for God, it's really important that we have our hearts right to start with. It's really important that we, that we really give ourselves time actually getting our hearts right before God and positioning ourselves before him. You know, worship team, why don't you take communion before we head up on stage? We'll do that, yeah. Um, Let's do this together. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in a place where you just don't feel you're right with God. Maybe you're in a place where you just feel like you need to be reconnected. You've felt like you've walked away. And as we take communion this morning, why don't you talk to God and have a chat with him and just say, Lord, here I am. I come and I'm a bit broken. I feel a bit distant from you. But I know you've redeemed me. I know you can save me. And so I just accept you afresh today. Maybe you've never actually prayed a prayer and, and um, received Jesus and you're just going, well, actually, some of that stuff you're talking about, that I, I have those needs in my life. And if he can actually do it, well, that's someone I want to know. If he can actually do it, I, I need him. You know, this morning, he just wants to know you. Why don't you just let yourself know, be known to someone? Maybe come see me after the service or whoever you're with this morning or maybe even the person beside you just go, hey, can you introduce me to this Jesus? As we come to the table this morning, I just want to read from 1 John. This is the message we heard from him and declared to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and don't live out the truth. But 
If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. You know, as we come to the table of the Lord this morning, that's, that's what we're doing. We're coming to a point again where we're saying, Jesus, we need to be purified. We need you to make us holy because we can't do it on our own. We need you to make us righteous. We need you to sanctify us and actually clean this stuff out of us so that we can actually live a righteous life and actually do it again for you. So come on, let's just spend a moment in prayer and just ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts. What we're going to do, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to search us and reveal to us things that he wants us to repent of, things that he wants us to turn away from. I'm going to ask him to actually dig up some stuff in our lives that he wants us to let go of, and then just lay it out to him. Speak it to him. Lord, I repent of this. I turn from it. Maybe you need to talk to someone about that and get some prayer about that. We'll have an opportunity for that after the service this morning as well. Father, we just come to you this morning. We are just thankful that there is good in heaven that you want to pour in our lives. Lord, yet the only reason we don't receive it is us because we we aren't in the right place. We, We haven't opened ourselves up to the fullness of your kingdom and haven't positioned ourselves to receive the kingdom. So, Lord, we just thank you that this week we're setting ourselves some time. We're not bending your arm. Lord, we're, we're moving us, getting ourselves in position to actually receive what you've got. So, Lord, as we begin that, we want to start well. We want to start with communion today. And, Lord, as we come to the table, Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd search our hearts and that you would reveal to us the things that are in our lives that get in the way of our pursuit of you, the things that are in our lives that get in the way of chasing you. So, Father, we just really want to be close to you. We really want to just be near to you. and So we need your voice right now. Lord, we ask that you'd forgive us our sin. Lord, we thank you that you're faithful for that. And, Lord, we just receive that forgiveness in our, in our lives today. And as we come and receive your blood, we ask that it would wash over us and cleanse us. Lord, and if we need to repent of things, show us that. Reveal that to us. But we're grateful, Jesus, for your sacrifice. We are so thankful that your body, you chose chose to give it to us. And that this morning, again, it's given to us. And we just receive you this morning. We thank you for your blood shed for us. That it is the forgiveness of our sin. And so, Lord, as we just receive from this cup today, we ask that our soul would be cleansed again that our spirit will be cleansed again by your presence and by your spirit. Would those that are serving please come?
receive.